2: Podcast is part of the Sports Social podcast Network.
3: Hello and welcome to the 4,000 Halls podcast, brought to you by The Terrace, with me, Roger Whiteside, and my guests this evening, Matthew Grimshaw, Lindsay Lewis and Ian Herbert. Great to have you all along with me, Matthew, Lindsay and Ian. Good evening, Roger. A Pleasure to be on the other side of it, as it were.
2: Lovely to be here. Never get my full name referenced. So thank you. That's quite exciting.
1: Uh, it's been a while since I was referred to as Matt. Uh, As Matthew, sorry, not Matt, I got it wrong myself. (laughs) We're off to a good start. What I want to try and
3: get this is a podcast that can be half an hour in length, split into three sections of which today we're going to be talking about our FA Cup exploits from last evening, Uh, a look at some transfers that have and haven't happened over the last 24, 48 hours. And with it being Groundhog Day on the 2nd of February, I thought we'd have a quick discussion about how it feels as though we're in a little bit of a purgatory period as Rovers fans at the moment, banging heads against the wall, making similar mistakes. The Lewis O'Brien deal, is it on, is it off? The strikers are coming, defenders are coming. There's plenty to unpack in, in that section. So if we could... Come up with a sort of half an hour podcast for you, which is ideal for you on your commutes to work or walking the dog or wherever you get your podcasts, however you listen to them. Hopefully you can enjoy a bit of time with us here on the 4,000 Holes podcast. So, first of all, before uh, we get into anything, uh, if you weren't aware, we played in the FA Cup fourth round in a replay last evening. Unfortunately, myself and none of the guests here made it down to St Andrews, where Blackburn Rovers prevailed in extra time, beating Birmingham City by one goal to nil, thanks to an Austin trusty-owned goal. Now, what that does do is set up an, an intriguing tie away at Leicester City in round five. But in regards to Birmingham, I'm sure the panel and I were joined by being at Ewood Park on Saturday and the frustrations around that. Matt, coming to you first, you were at Ewood on Saturday. I know uh, you were as frustrated or uh, or so on social media was as frustrated as I was. What was your thoughts on the win last night? What was your thoughts on the game on Saturday? Is it good that Rovers are progressing? Is a win a win? Uh, sort of similar problems coming to
1: the fore once again? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get, get going in the Cup. We did well in the Carabao Cup, I thought, you know, it's always good to have a couple of, good cup performances. It gives chances to pairs who, you know, seem to have an amazing game last night. Um, And that's what the cup's all about. I think it's about getting game time for those who don't get it and giving the chances to them. Um, Equally, I also think it's a good chance to rest players. Um, I think there's players that are playing, you know, week in, week out, like maybe Tyler Morton, for example, who played on Saturday and was at fault for Birmingham's first goal. He was rested yesterday and, I think we've seemed to reap the rewards from that. You know, Travis getting back in, he seemed to do all right last night. I've not seen anywhere that he was, he was awful. So yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good for a cup run and uh, I'm looking forward to Leicester. It's another ground to tick off more than anything. Lindsay, you were at the game on Saturday,
3: were you? I know you couldn't make it last night. Yeah, for I was there reasons.
2: on Saturday. Um, it, you know, it's boring. I'm boring myself with the same conversations, the same issues. But the important thing is we got through last night. Um, and I love the cup run. run. And actually the cup runs have been the highlight. We'll live with me forever. Um, and we had a great day out at Norwich in the, in the previous round. So, Um, Yeah, delighted to be through. Leicester's a really close game for me. I've already booked the time off work today to be on a a day session before. I mean, who has an FA Cup game at 7.45 on a Wednesday night? I take that as a personal insult. but I think actually in in a world of chaos, and it does feel quite chaotic at Rovers at the moment, the um the cup runs have been have been quite joyous and a nice distraction from some of the league issues. So long may it continue.
3: I think where well, you touched on there, Matt, and also Lynn's with the the refreshingness of the cup runs of uh, like say, particularly the West Ham game and last night, I, I'm in the boat of a win's a win, no matter what happens and I'm much happier when we win. If it's 1 0, if it's an own goal, it's scruffy. I'll take that everywhere. And I think winning is a, a confidence thing. You need to start winning in cups, leagues, whatever that carries on as form. But I mean, also, what, what point do you think someone like a, an Ainsley Pairs man of the match last night? We mentioned Tyler Morton, who I, I think. All Rovers fans can agree that perhaps a little rest from the team, or just taking him out of the limelight for a game or two, won't be a bad thing. Is there a, is there a chance for any of these players to push for a start against Wigan? I mean, would you be tempted to start Pairs after a man of the match performance? I mean, Kaminsky's been a bit up and down recently. He was at fault for a couple of the goals at Rotherham, and definitely the uh, the goal last uh, on Saturday, the first one from Kadra. Ian, would would you put Pairs in on Monday, or do you think that's being a bit too reactive? I think the interesting
0: thing is our opponents on Monday are Wigan. And those of us with with memories that stretch back to the FA Cup. Was it last season? Was it barely last season? And saw his disastrous display. So this is a chance for redemption. He's certainly played very well. The biggest issue for me about Ainsley Pairs last night was Rover's social media spelling his name wrong in the team announcement which i thought was uh, was you know it really cries out attention to detail doesn't it when when they, when they don't spell his name correctly so uh, yeah i think that, that that's really the burning issue here um goalkeeping is an unusual position um obviously there's only one one spot in the team so if you're going to drop someone it can have serious repercussions You've got to trust the manager, whichever way he goes. He sees them in training every day. He will know their personalities. He will know whether that will destroy Kaminsky's confidence or it will enhance it. I think we all know that TK hasn't been in the best of form, but we all know that class is permanent and form is temporary. I think if it were me, I think I'd pick Kaminsky, but I think I'd be putting an arm round into the pair's shoulder and going, yeah, you're doing a cracking job, son, and you yeah, know, hang on in there.
3: Personally, I would put it in in that topic that you wouldn't, I'm sure, a month ago, six weeks ago, have been talking about uh, Rovers' team potentially with Ainsley Pairs and Joe Rankin-Costello, who his uh, renaissance at right back seems to be uh, something that we're all enjoying at the moment. But looking also at the game last night, it was interesting that sort of Dak seems to have another good game uh, from the reports or Tyrese Dolan again, who sort of seems to come in and go out. He sort of frustrates Dolan. Do you think he's someone who you would... Uh, You'd be looking to play against Wigan, and Lins.
2: i don't get dolan which i know is a controversial point um and i can hear twitter getting very upset with me as i speak um lovely young man you know if he was my son i'd be beyond proud of him to be clear it's nothing personal i just it's one step over too many for me um and the lack of end product is incredibly frustrating um and yes he's quick but that's no good if you're doing eight step-overs and losing the ball. Um, so for me, he isn't the answer to the question. Um, I think there's potential there, but I find it interesting that other people have been frozen out to go away and work on some of their issues, but Dolan always seems to at least make the bench. Um, and for me, I would be an arm around the shoulder saying, you've got potential here, kid, but you're doing as much as you can be.
0: I think, I think that's, that's a, a fascinating... Uh, challenge to the orthodoxy shall we say because I think I wish I had the stats to hand but so, some I recall seeing on social media a while back that he's he's got an amazing number of assists How am I making that up does anybody else endorse yeah, that he it
1: was too? he was definitely um one of our top assisters on what seemed like limited minutes prior to the world cup I don't know if he's still now I think it was him and hedges that were sort of neck and neck with each other but yeah, maybe that's yeah he does seem to, to get a lot of assists
2: and I've got to say that that's, that would surprise me because I, I think if you said to me about Hedges' end product, I would say there is one. If you said to me about Dolan's, I would say he frustrates me. That is a criticism of it. I think he can do better. He's one that, that I believe me, can I do done better. Where
3: I'm still waiting for that explosion, probably a bit like you, of so. He shows it in glimpses and he, he has a good run of two or three games. And I know he picked up that injury just before Christmas. He, he, he sort of, it, it has to happen for him at some point, I think, at Robbers. Otherwise, his career is going to start going downhill. He is, he's not old by any means, but he's he's obviously getting to that age now where he needs to be. He should be playing every game. He should be one of the first names on the team sheet. Uh, it's interesting on Saturday, I thought he really added to the game when he came on at halftime, really added that urgency that was missing in the first half. And uh, perhaps that's one thing we've missed with uh, Sam smodex being out injured, although smodex isn't technically gifted in terms of like some of the other players are, but uh, that work rate and that uh, sort of pressing from the front, I think is a key thing for, uh, for Thomason's teams. Just to turn it on, because I don't want to dwell too long on that because obviously people will be able to, read up about the game and uh, I'm sure find some highlights somewhere on the the dark web out there where there uh, will be some highlights. Uh, Looking ahead to Leicester, I know we've just mentioned it briefly, a trip to the King Power round five, maybe a television game. Who knows? I know Leicester have been on television the last couple of rounds against uh, Gillingham and also Walsall. Uh,
1: Matt, you've been to the the King Power? You've been to Walker Stadium Um, as well? Oh, it'd be a, be a new one for me. And um, it's one I'm looking forward to. I'm, I know I've, a couple of my friends have been. Um, I've got a friend at university who's a Leicester fan. It, you know, it seems like a nice ground. Um, yeah, I, I've always wanted to go, but we never seem to be playing them, really. Um, but I also think it's a good chance to go through as well. You know, they're struggling. Uh, they'll probably chuck some of their new their new players in for the game. Maybe that won't be getting the minutes leading up to the game. Um, so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it Um, the new ground and and the possibility of going through as well.
3: Linz you've been to Leicester before I know you said you've booked the time off work you said new ground was it? No
2: I've been um, to the old one and the new one showing my age Um, it's a great ground and it's the ground when you speak to Rovers fans at away days and you say like who do you want in the next round everyone always says Leicester Um, so my phone lit up last night with people going we finally got them we finally got them Um, so I think even it being a Wednesday night fixture I expect to to be busy Um, because we don't get that many new grounds it's it's exciting it's Premier League opposition but I'm with Matt I think it's a winnable fixture I really do I don't think they've got anything to be frightened of Um, and I think this is where they're so frustrating because if they apply themselves like they did at West Ham for example they've got nothing to fear of anyone or if the team that turns up that plays Burnley and Preston turns up we get absolutely battered and who knows and that's you know it's Rovers roulette isn't it you turn up and hope for the best.
3: And Ian just finally on, on Leicester uh, some famous Rovers games against Leicester down the years I know a FA Cup quarterfinal at Ewood a playoff final. My,
0: um, my, my, my favourite recollection of Leicester is a trip to Filbert Street and on my way out of the ground I think we drew we pulled up at the traffic lights, and this smoky Mercedes pulled up alongside us, driven by one Kenneth Matheson Dalgleish. So we waved, and he kind of like looked straight ahead and pretended not to have seen us <laughs> hanging out the windows. Kenny! Kenny!
3: Did we win? That game? I think we it was a draw. I,
0: I recollected a draw, so I'd have to go back and look at the results. Um, so, but I can't remember if it was the first season back up or the second season but uh, yeah seeing Kenny there was good I've been to Film Street on a few occasions but I've not been to the Walkers so there, there, there is the enticing prospect I need to look at my work calendar because of course these days the FA Cup is midweek and there's yeah, no well, replays like, now and stuff like that. So the traditions are going out the window, but it's not, uh, it's not inconceivable that we could be making the journey, but uh, just needs a bit of, bit of preparation, I think.
3: Yeah, I just started, did a little research before coming on air. Probably Tuesday the 28th, Wednesday the 1st of March, sorry, 28th of February, that is, Wednesday the 1st of March, or Thursday the 2nd of March, most likely dates for your diary on that one. Talking about things going into the FA leads us on to Section 2 of... T- today's uh, podcast, which is on about transfers, incomings and outgoings. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday evening, the day before we're hoping to send it out. And the Lewis O'Brien story is fluid, to say the very least. By the time you listen to this, it could be in the next 10 minutes, it could be off, it could be on, we don't know. Uh, What we have been told and what our sources have told us is that there is some paperwork issues, Behind the scenes, Ian, you can uh, fill us in a little bit more. On I that. can,
0: yes, yeah. Uh, the, the forum has been red hot. Uh, go, go to the brfcs.com forum, everybody, for the for the latest update. But essentially, what what's thrown the cat amongst the pigeons is a post from uh, Alan Nixon on his Patreon feed. So he he has basically outlined that not all of the paperwork has been submitted in time or in the requisite format. There is an issue. With something which means that rovers are basically going to have to make an appeal to the EFL, um, but everybody else of course involved in the promotion race will be keeping a very close eye on that, and if Rovers were to get dispensation to register O'Brien, then doubtless they'll be they 'll be up in arms and uh, not at all happy about that. The biggest I, the person I feel most sorry for in this is is O'Brien, who of course has now been excluded from Nottingham Forest' registered Premier League squad. Uh, And that means that he's potentially got, from now until August, where he can't play football, which seems absolutely and utterly extraordinary. Uh, It's classic Rovers, many would say. Um, This new regime has come in, uh, and we expected better, I think it's fair to say. and This is not, not the best of starts.
3: We'll get onto that just in section three as part of our, our Groundhog Day. And, but you've sort of teased what is to come. But before then, Matt, can you tell us and the listeners out there what sort of player Lewis O'Brien is? Would you be excited if he joins the club?
1: Yeah, well, um, like many uh, Rovers fans, call us sad if you want. But I uh, stayed up quite late, hoping for the announcement, watching his highlight reels on YouTube, you know, sort of just praying to my TV screen that that we did just announce him. He seems to have everything Um I know a few Huddersfield fans, so um in the championship he's he's got everything he's got he can he can tackle. He seems to he gets assists. I've seen him score a few nice goals. I think he, he would fit in our team and I think for me anyway, he's exactly what we needed to get in the window. So if we can get him then perfect. Are you familiar with Sober Thomas too, uh, for your Huddersfield fans? We've been uh, speaking
3: about him because he's, of course, the the name everyone seems to be forgetting about. Having signed last week and then being
1: cup tied, he looks exciting. Yeah, I mean, last season's stats for him speak for themselves. This season, I'm not so sure what's going wrong. There was um, hints from my friends that maybe it's an attitude problem, and you know, he thinks um, he played for Wales. He got a Wales call up, and a lot of Huddersfield fans seem to think that's hindered him in a, in a place in a way that you would have thought it would have done the opposite. Um, So, you know, maybe there's a, there's an attitude problem there and you, you, you have question marks as to why a team who's threatened with relegation would get rid of one of their supposed best players. But obviously that depends on the deal that we've struck with them, you know, the finances behind it maybe. But yeah, he's an exciting player who can create chances and... Um, I do think we've missed that in recent months. Lynn, are you uh, familiar with uh, either Mrs. O'Brien
3: or Thomas? Well,
2: I'm based in Nottingham. So anyone that comes from Forest, I just always put the feelers out to my Forest supporting friends. So one of the messages I got back was, he's immense, our best midfielder by far in recent seasons. Really rate him. He would be an amazing sign-in for you. Um, and I very much trust the person that sent me that message. So... Um, you know, the deal concerns me a little bit. The the potential that we've agreed to pay 10 million if we get promoted. Um, is he a Premier League player? But then are we really going to get promoted? So actually, is it worth the gamble for the next few months? Um, and in terms of Thomas, I agree with Matt. I think it's exciting to have somebody creating chances. But again, I'm going to bore myself by saying who's going to get on the end of these chances. Um, and that's all well and good having crosses come into the box. But, you know... Have we got anyone that's going to be in the box? And, and maybe that's a conversation for part three as well.
3: I think that's the one thing looking at the transfers. There does seem to be a gaping hole in the striker section. Uh, obviously, famously, Tony Mulberry saying back at Ewood in one of the fans forums, was it 2016 or 2017, 18, about defenders are coming. It feels like strikers should be coming as part of uh, this transfer window, and obviously it looks like they just haven't come. So I, I too share a little bit of that uh, pessimism, should we say? Uh, just to, on a way with you you, lens, I know you've seen a bit more than others have of uh, Dylan Mark Hande. Perhaps one of those names that you thought might just stuck around till the end of the season. But oh. interesting to see how he'll do it, Aberdeen. Oh, it's
2: a little bit emotional isn't it yeah so I saw his debut at Hull was it Hull when he got injured um and then obviously I've seen him in the cup this season um he's he really wrecks my head because like Ledley King saying he's the best young footballer he's ever seen you know that's a direct quote and then I watch this young man who is full of energy but again probably doesn't work hard enough for me um and it it was interesting especially Norwich in the cup when he when he did track back that was when the game turned for me and some I think Trav had a word with him and kind of said you need to be tracking back and and the game changed um I think Aberdeen is an interesting move um if my dad is listening I'm not smacking off the Scottish Premier League when I say this but you know is it the standard of football that we want one of our players to be going to um and is it Leighton Clarkson that's gone up there and kind of disappeared um you know, I, I suppose the view is they want him to have minutes, but is he the type of player that can take a crunching tackle from some big burly Scotsman after like three minutes on his first game? We we wait and see. Um There's clearly potential there. But again, does he fit into the project? Um And, and I'm just not sure JDT fancies him, to be honest. And I think he's very clear if he doesn't fancy you, you're either bench dropped or gone. And I quite like that about him.
3: Yeah, I feel like he's always been playing catch-up, really, hasn't he, since that whole game when he, he tore his hamstring and was then out for the rest of the season, although he sort of flirted with coming back towards the end of the campaign last season. It, it's, it's been a weird transfer window, I think, across the whole footballing landscape. Uh, any other sort of EFL, Premier League things that sort of stand out in your mind, Ian, or anything that you look at another club in the Championship and think, oh, yeah, you know, they've done really good work. I know Middlesbrough signed a couple of exciting youngsters from uh, Aston Villa and like some championship teams just do or seems to do this time of year, it gets to February, they're on a roll they look upwardly mobile and you almost wonder who can stop them being in the playoffs now. Is there anybody else? Watford, West Brom? Teams yeah, I think the
0: thing about right? Middlesbrough is that they do have an owner who's always been willing to back them uh, and I have to say when they appointed Michael Carrick I was a little bit sceptical shall we say. But he seems to have galvanised folks up there and he seems to be building building a squad. So they are very definitely a threat. The team that I'm looking out for in the Championship, when we're always looking for role models at Rovers, it's Luton Town. Luton Town went above us in the league this week. How much have they spent? When are they on the front and back pages about buying players and all the rest of it? Uh, they're just quietly effective and efficient, so they are the, the new Brentford, shall we say, in the Championship, in terms of Rovers looking for someone and saying, this is how to, how to do business. And you see that Amari Bell's there, uh, and, uh, and good luck to him, he seems to have slotted in quite nicely and, and be doing a, a terrific job for them, and we've, we're still struggling to, to replace him. Notwithstanding Harry Harry Pickering's efforts, the one transfer window story, though, for me, isn't in the championship. It's what on earth is going on at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, have (laughs) they have they discovered uh, oil, diamonds, or gold underneath that ground? They they have spent more in this window than all the clubs in France, Germany, Italy, and Spain. Was it the, the stat quoted? All the clubs in the four major leagues. Absolutely insane stuff. I find myself compelled to watch them because it's it's just a car crash waiting to happen. Uh, oh, that we could just get some of the crumbs from that table uh, to, to boost our squad. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yesterday was a strange day. It was, was a really strange day. Very frustrating. But I think as Robots fans, we will become used to it.
3: Just interestingly, I was thinking about Middlesbrough when we were talking uh, about the various clubs I, I thought they were they were fine. I thought they were, they, it was a great game, the Rovers Middlesbrough game until uh, uh, John Buckley got sent off. But I still maintain <laughs> the best side I've seen down at Ewood this season was Birmingham. I think in the league match, <laughs> I thought they were fantastic, and yet Rovers won two one. But uh, just interesting looking at some of the clubs that we've spoke about. I mean, we've got a tough schedule coming up. Uh, obviously, Wigan next week. Then Watford away will be tough. West Brom away, and of course, we've got some of the big sides still to come to Ewood in Sheffield United in our neighbours down the M65, in Norwich, and also Luton to come as the last home game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what impact the January sign-ins have on the Championship going forward. Of course, long way to go yet in the league table. And I was also looking today, 10 home games left for Rovers. It seems like we're into February and the sort of season's sort of coming towards a close, but anything but really. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's uh, expect the unexpected section three which is the groundhog day part of it which of course uh, i'm sure anybody might you uh, tell me you've seen groundhog day you're the junior member of the panel today i see i had this feeling he's shaking his head on the camera here for anybody who doesn't know groundhog day a film starring uh, bill murray and andy mcdowell about a weatherman played by bill murray who is stuck in a perpetual cycle of living the same day over and over and over and over again, as uh, it was last time I checked. Go stop what you're doing, go and watch that. Come back to this podcast after that and listen to what we're going to talk about. Because, Linz, I know we spoke a bit off, off there before we came on. I want to come to you first. Is it, are we, are we being over the top at the moment as Rovers fans when we're saying it's difficult to be a Rovers fan? It's tiring to be a Rovers fan. Do we have this? sort of sense of entitlement that perhaps we're a bit above a station because of the history that we've had? Or do we really, as fans, sort of justify the sort of negativity around the club, around the message boards, around social media at the moment that we just seem to be making the same mistakes over and over and over
2: again? Yeah, I mean... I would say in in life, I'm a generally positive person. Um, And I think on social media, I'm probably known as a positive person. But I would say this season has probably been my hardest season in a long time. Um, And I think actually, um, after the Preston game, BRFCS quote tweeted me and said something like, if you've lost Linz, you've really mucked it up. And and I think that kind of sums up my feelings on the season, really. And actually, I don't have a sense of entitlement in terms of the history, in terms of the club, in terms of anything like that. I have a sense of entitlement as someone who dedicates my life to following this team up and down the country and spending a lot of money, a lot of time away from my family. And they give me amazing experiences. But when they give me awful experiences, I'm also entitled to say that as well. Um, And I've had some great times this season and I try to promote those and enjoy those and anybody that again follows me on social media sees the love I have but on those difficult days it's perfectly okay to say we have been embarrassed here we have been a joke here you have asked me to pay a fortune to come and watch this and it's okay to say it's the same things over and over again and it's that for me if in my job I was making continual mistakes somebody would be saying Lin's this can't keep going on so I feel as someone that pays 40 pounds and gets up at 6 a.m to go to Burnley I'm entitled to say that was awful someone who got snowed on and had to walk to Ewood because there wasn't a bus a car a tram or whatever um, to get there was entitled to say Preston embarrassed us um but I would say I get a lot more grief being negative than I do positive and a lot of people say to me um you know it's a project we're second we're third we're fifth um but what I'm consuming is painful.
3: Matt, Lindsay just put uh, touched on the project aspects of it, of course, before this season, and the, the players. And uh, JDT is talking about how it's a long-term vision and you shouldn't judge him on this season. And then he's also talking about let's not waste windows. And he's also mentioning about he doesn't have any input in who comes in. He's just a coach, but then he's also trying to take responsibility in other areas. Matt, in, in your opinion, Is the project on track? Are We're we're into the fifth round of the FA Cup, a decent League Cup run. We're still in the playoff positions in the league. Youngsters in every position coming up through. I mean, Harry Leonard on the bench on Saturday once again. Jack Vale, Lewis Travis, Joe Rangin-Costello, all academy graduates, Adam Wharton, Ashley Phillips. We're you know, are, are we a year or two away from a promotion side or are we flattering to deceive it? It seems the million dollar question with any Rovers fan at What's your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think every point that anyone will make probably has some sort of um, truth to it, I guess. Uh, yes, we're seeing, you know, young players coming through and as, as was just touched upon, then it's the same things that are going wrong. But the thing that I find hard to sort of cope with and sort of Think about it's the fact that it's the same, it's the same things. What are being said in reaction to someone saying everything's going wrong? You know, how many years on in a row now have we gone to the top and then drop dropped off? And the the reason is because we're a young squad. So you know, if we're a young squad, you bring some experienced players in. Surely that's what you think you'd do. We don't seem to do it. You know, it's just chuck a few more youngsters in the next year, and we'll we'll do the same thing again. So it is the same sort of cycle, but it's the same sort of it's the same sort of things that are being thrown back at us from, from the other side of the argument as well for me. Ian, your thoughts on that? Are we
3: sort of preparing ourselves for the worst because we've been through it year on year? That's my coping
0: strategy, Roger. That, that, that is always my coping strategy. Pre- prepare yourselves for the worst and you can only ever be pleasantly surprised. And this season, I'm still waiting to be pleasantly surprised, I think. Anyone who went to Rotherham and then after 33 seconds thought, well we know this one's gonna end. You just knew with the yeah, you know, the, the, the evidence that we've seen. When we're bad, we are rotten. We are really, really rotten. Um and when we win, we rarely win with style and panache. I think the I actually went down to Swansea to tick off a new ground. And that that now looks like a real performance in isolation where the game plan was executed beautifully. So many of our other wins have been hanging on. We've seen us defending grimly, defending very well. But then, to me, the lack of character when we go a goal behind. I know that, that we have actually drawn some games and we did not actually have the spectre of an equaliser last week. Um, it, it just speaks volumes to me that... It's kind of like the heads go down and there's no there's no alternative strategy. So I think that's the frustrating thing. Considering we are in the league, it's been a miserable season. And that I can't square that, finding it really difficult to reconcile those two things. I don't feel enthusiastic. I don't feel energetic. I certainly don't feel entertained. Swansea away accepted. Um, but yet, you know, <laughs> you're sort of thinking, I am being overly critical. We are in the playoffs. I don't know how we're there. That said, I don't think we're going to stay there for much longer. So I think, you know, there there is a dose of reality coming around. And given the lack of activity in the last window, there's very little to hang your hat on and say, well, this is how we could emerge from this. So really, really strange, really odd.
3: That's what I was going to come on to in terms of Linz, Matt. Do you think we can stay in the playoffs? Do you think, where where do you see the, the season? I mean, Let's, let's, let's face it, I don't think we're going to get dragged into anything in regards to a relegation battle, which I must admit, when I was at Celtic away pre-season and we'd lost Rothwell and we'd lost Lenehan and Joan Thomason had been in the job for a week and a half and I was chatting to some Rovers fans on the train on the way back. And I said to one of them, I said, I just hope we're not in a relegation battle all season. If you said to me now, 14th, 15th, comfortable, I'd have bitten his hand off. And obviously we've we've gone on and, and done different things on top of that, but Linz map. Do you, so if Linz come to you first, you think mid-table. Do you think they can sneak the playoff? Is, is it sort of that sinking feeling already? And it's February the first. I
2: think you know the the title of this part of the pod sums it up best it's Groundhog Day you know I was at Bournemouth last season when we were second probably one of the greatest away days I've ever had we were so hopeful we were so positive it crumbled in January and February we blamed that on Mowbray we've all been sat waiting for that to happen at Sunderland we're still waiting for that to happen Um, I think it's a false position I was asked this question the other day and I said if we can sneak sick that would be the greatest day of my life Um, I don't think we make the playoffs and whilst I appreciate uh, JDT is rebuilding I think the theme of this episode is that there are long-term issues at Rovers that he as an individual can't fix that even the new regime potentially can't fix I think we as fans play a really important role in that to keep asking for those standards to be raised um, and to keep you know and and maybe that does make us sound like we want more than we deserve but actually our voice is important um, and the club misses that a lot it misses that in any if I went into a shop and I bought a dress and it fell to bits when I wore it once I'd be taking it back but continuously I go and watch a team absolutely disintegrate and just continue to give them my money like we are consumers whether we like it or not we are consumers and what they are producing sometimes isn't good enough um but that's a wider conversation for another day so no to succinctly answer your question if we seek sick that would be amazed but i suspect we'll be 10th and all very bitter as normal come may
1: (laughs) matt before the season started, I think we would have all been very content and happy with a mid-table finish. And I think we do need to sort of remind ourselves again that as we've just spoke about, it's the beginning of hopefully something bigger. And there are hints that there is something that can become bigger. You know, we have got young, talented players. That's a fact. We've got good players. And, and they're, they're tying down contracts now, which I suppose is something that maybe we didn't do in the past. And But I think, yeah, I think playoffs um, in a month or two, maybe. Um, We'll still be there, but ultimately, I think we will drop out. Um, But it it all depends on how everybody's January signings go, really. You know, which you see as a good thing, but, I mean, it could cause upsets to the players that are doing well. They've brought in uh, Cameron Archer, I believe. You know, Akpom's been brilliant recently. Is he not going to get a bit frustrating? And I do just wonder if we can maybe capitalise on the morale of teams like that and teams like West Brom maybe drop in their heads a little bit because there's players that are a similar standard coming to the squad to maybe upset players that are already there. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting end to the season.
3: Just a a one-word answer from all of you in terms of Greg Broughton seems to be copping a bit of flack today for obviously the Lewis O'Brien contract stuff. We don't know the, the full story. I thought well, let's do a podcast the day after the transfer deadline day. That'll be clear, everything'll be wrapped up, it'll all be nice and succinct, but no, we're here in a bit of limbo. I must admit, I've been a very much a, a Greg Broughton fan when I've heard him on voice clips, audio clips, things on, on, the, on the website. I'm a little bit concerned, but sort of willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. In a word from all three of you, Greg Broughton, is is he the problem? And also, actually, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna give you another question. Is Yundale Thomason Rovers manager next season? Yes or no? Matt? Yes, definitely. Linz? Yes. Ian? Yes. You see, that's where I'm sort of a little bit on the fence. I don't know whether this, will this change his mind? Will he get, he's obviously an ambitious manager, or he seems it. I don't think he's be, quite done well enough at the club, just yet to move on to bigger and better things, which I'm sure is part of what he wants. If he wants to manage in the Premier League, he's got to, got to do that. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, relationship between Greg and Yundale changes over time, particularly if uh, if the O'Brien transfer doesn't come in. But uh, that's it. That's enough for your podcast today. Just one special announcement before we go, though. We're joined, of course, tonight by the wonderful Linds Lewis. Linds, you've got. another podcast to talk about uh, ones with our friends over at BBC I'm
2: I'm not cheating on you guys you are my first love Um, but in the style of Rovers Ladies I've signed a dual registration contract with um, the guys over at BBC Lancashire so yes, um, balls to it is our new podcast it launched today it's available on bbc sounds and you get to hear my dulcet tones along with five other amazing women um chatting all things football um they're a lot better than me there's lots of fans of different clubs across the county um so if people could go and have a listen uh, like it share it subscribe it um all criticism gratefully received as long as it's not about me obviously um and yeah it would just be lovely if people went and had a listen but um I've been a bit MIA here but I'm um I'm back I'm one of the OGs and Ian is letting me back on so um yeah it's lovely to be back and if people would like to have a listen to the new one that would be great.
3: men's football women's football international it's all it fo- it's
2: all football so um the idea is it's just football fans so we happen to be all women but we are just women that love the game um it won't be focused on so we've got a burnley fan a Morecambe fan two rovers fans so Jen bellamy who's also of this pod um and a blackpool fan so we'll talk about our teams but we'll also talk about our lives our love of the game um, Obviously, I'm Scottish. We've got some England fans. We'll talk about women's football um, and anything else in between. So if anybody's got any topic suggestions, they can interact with us on Twitter and let us know. But it's been received really well so far. It's only been out for an hour and it's like 15,000 views. So I'm quite pleased with that. So yeah, if people could go and have a listen, that'd be lovely.
3: Excellent. We'll go and check that one out over on the BBC Sounds app. Well done, Linz. Thanks for joining me today for this 4,000 hole podcast brought to you by The Terrace.
0: See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.